Hey ladies and gents, welcome to the Controlled Interest Gamecast, where we talk about video games and everything happening in the industry, episode 246. I'm your host, Jared Weich. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Dominic Orlando. So I think starting this year, instead of E3 season, we can call it Keeley season. Maybe? Or I, I like Key 3. Key 3 is pretty Key good. Key 3. A lot of Ooh. people have been calling it Key 3. Yeah, I'm not going to claim like that. that wasn't my idea. Um, you spell the Key boys are... like K-E-I-G-H or something? Yeah. I don't know. We'll, we'll figure it out. Maybe even just like a symbol of a key and then the number 3. Uh, but the boys over at Easy Allies were using that, and that's where I kind of picked that up. So mm. shout out to Easy Allies for, I don't know if they coined that. But um, one thing I wanted to say, we are a gaming podcast, but I know you love hockey, Dom. It's crazy that hockey is not as popular as any of the other major sports in the United States because I didn't know that the the NHL playoffs were happening until today, and apparently it's they're almost over too, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. It usually lines up with basketball as far as timing, but yeah, they're in the conference semi, you know, conference finals right now for hockey and. Yeah, I, I I've been getting into it too much in the past couple of years because Detroit has been terrible. Okay. You're my only line to the world of hockey, so <laughs> I figured I'd mention that. It is a bummer that they're happening because obviously you don't want to have anything taking place around the NFL playoffs because obviously NFL is king in in the United States, and then basketball is number two, and then I haven't looked into honestly what's I'm assuming baseball would be ahead of hockey. I think and so. then it comes down to like soccer and hockey. Obviously, soccer around the world is the most popular, but here in the states, I don't know. That might be closer than one might assume. But yeah, yeah, it's, it's a bummer. And if it depends, I guess I would assume that the American Soccer League is less popular than hockey, but maybe I think the European league Soccer League might be more popular in the United States right. than baseball or hockey. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. where I was going. Maybe <laughs> when you talk about more global soccer european is different i mean even recently f1 as well has come on huge in the united states people are i guess it's based because there was like a netflix show that came out or something i don't know i'm not a car guy anyways let's get back to video games we've got a pretty packed show so let's start it off uh first up i have one quickie story that i wanted to mention and then we're going to talk about the state of play that happened the day we're recording this which is june 2nd and then we're going to go into our summer predictions uh so first up something i thought was really cool is uh, they recently revealed the Madden 23 cover athlete. A lot of people are speculating, is it going to be Aaron Donald? Is it going to be Cooper Cup? Is it going to be a mix of Los Angeles Rams players? Would it be Joe Burrow? And one thing I honestly forgot is, unfortunately, late last year we had the passing of John Madden, uh, who obviously the game is named after, was very historic in the world of the NFL. Influenced not only the game of football, but um, the announcer's desk. Like He changed a lot of the color commentary for the game of football. Uh, so he's going to be the cover athlete, which I think is really cool. And not only for like the ultra expensive special edition of the game, he's on all of the covers, just different photos of him, which I think is really cool. Um, not doing the, the Kobe thing where you only get his cover if you buy the $80, $100 version or whatever. Exactly. My Honestly, I don't know if you have any John Madden memories, but the one that sticks out to me is on Thanksgiving when he absolutely demolishes that turkey on live television with, like, one hand. He just, like, crumbles it to pieces. It's like somebody oh, were to go up to that. John Madden and be like, hey, can you, uh, can you, um, what is it called? When you mix up, when you cut up pork, what is it called? Pulled pork, like, you know, when you pull pork, and he's like, oh, make oh, us okay. pulled turkey, because he just goes up to that thing, and he destroys it with his own hand. Um, obviously, a lot of his catchphrases are classic, the boom and all of that, 
his tough acting to an acting commercial. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. what I think of is that foot cream or whatever it is. Yeah, tough acting to an acting. Boom. Yeah. So <laughs> shout out to John Madden, a legend. Uh, one thing that also doesn't get talked about with him is he was a huge advocate for uh, concussion prevention, Dom, in like the 80s. Because mm. obviously there's oh, okay, a lot so of things attached with the game of football where people kind of go hush, hush on that stuff. But he was a huge advocate for making sure players didn't play if they were in concussion protocol and all that stuff. So he's been on the good side of history. Um, honestly, a lot closer to like Mr. Rogers in terms of, I don't know with his legacy, if he'll it'll ever turn sour as the years go on uh, posthumously. You know what I mean? I don't know if there's any skeletons in the closet, but it's cool to see him on the cover. He's just a, a good dude and did a lot for the game of football. Next up, let's talk about the state of play, Dom. Honestly, going in, we heard PSVR stuff. Third-party announcements, 30 minutes. Set your expectations accordingly. And now, I'm not going to say that this state of play was like a PlayStation showcase, but it was actually pretty good, and we're going to go through it, and there's a lot of awesome stuff that was announced, stuff that I maybe expected to see at the Summer Game Fest, which we'll talk about in a little bit, and maybe not at this state of play. It opened with Resident Evil 4 Remake. It's coming out March 24th, 2023, already planning that flag. The cool thing with Capcom is they don't really tend to delay their games that often, especially their recent run of Resident Evil games. They kind of have that date set in the future, and they hit it almost always. Um, obviously, this game's in the RE engine. looked great. Uh, they also announced that there's some PSVR 2 stuff in development for the game. The thing I was talking to you about this, uh, when you were catching up on the trailers is it started, and I thought this was a Last of Us remake. It's so much yeah. played like that with the R and the forest behind it and the guitar. Um, I thought it looked awesome. I never played the original Resident Evil 4. I don't know where you sit on that, but this is having me very tempted to hop in for the first time, much like the other Resident Evil remakes we've seen in the last couple of years. Uh, yeah, I, I'm mad excited for this. Uh, 4 was one of the first couple games like I ever played back in like second or third grade, I want to say. You know, back in the GameCube era, and then even playing it again on Wii with the you know the motion controls where it actually worked pretty well um because it is you know on gamecube it was i don't think it's quite the tank controls but it was like you have to stop and then shoot um, those are like two separate things you can't be moving while shooting or aiming or whatever so on wii it actually kind of worked pretty well having to aim with the wiimote um but yeah i i, I love the hell out of this game and it's a, frankly it's a lot of people's like top game like just in general like favorite game of all time i feel like a lot of people say resident evil 4 just the way it kind of is in a you know at first you know a horror game but also an adventure game because you're kind of going through all these different places and um getting all sorts of different items and, and guns and equipment or whatever but then also an action game too so i, I don't know it just it kind of does a lot and i'm super excited to see this uh see it nice and polished up remade you know, for me, Resident Evil 4 has always sounded like it's the Mass Effect 2 of the Resident Evil franchise and that it's the best blend of the specific genre that series goes for plus the general action genre, right? So obviously, Mass mm -hmm. Effect 2 does that for the Mass Effect trilogy. And the way everyone talks about this, like you said, it's the best blend of both, both horror and action. And yeah. uh, it, most people consider it the best in the series. Like you said, most people, it's in their top favorite video games of all time. Um I'm very interested in it, and I can't wait to see it next year in March. Uh, next up, speaking of Resident Evil, RE8 was announced to be coming to PSVR 2. Cool. Uh, unclear if it was a full game or, or, or a, uh, like a experience, but 
I'm pretty sure RE seven was fully playable in VR, right? So I'm RE eight's probably gonna yeah. be the same way. I, I would imagine it's the same because yeah, seven and and I never played it, but apparently yeah, it was the entire game was in PSVR, and it was the same like save. You could it wasn't like a separate mode or anything. It was just kind of like a like using a separate controller or something where you could just hop in and out of it, which. I want to try. I, I still want to try, and I'm hoping that PSVR 2, you know, has enough, has enough like titles and enough going for it that it makes it worth the cost of you know what's probably going to be like I assume like at least 400 bucks like the first one was right just for the unit itself, and I just I'm a pretty frugal person, so I want to make sure that there's um, you know, plenty of actual VR specific and cool stuff for vr psvr2 before jumping in so this is a good start you know for of a first announcement but it's still like kind of expected to be honest so i'm curious to hear more what else they have planned for psvr2 and that's a struggle with vr in general is because you're i would say you're not the general consumer right you're more into the gaming sphere and you're still needing to be sold on it a little bit more so from the general consumer standpoint it's like it's a total uphill climb so we'll see what happens especially Uh, when like compared to something like game pass where you buy an xbox there's so much content that that enables you to access specifically right but if you buy psvr2 you know or psvr it's like there's not that much so it's kind of like make it makes it hard to feel it's a worthwhile investment well also a half the price right because what can you get a series s for now like 250 200 yeah, they, they've been dropping on sale now and again lately too and they're selling like hotcakes so it's like yeah you can get in for half the cost and have way more content there uh next up we had a new game announcement or at least a sequel so uh walking dead sinners and saints chapter 2 is coming in 2022 uh it was you know unveiled as a psvr 2 game this is weird because it's announced for this year but psvr 2 didn't get a date so i wonder if this is coming to other vr platforms this year and then it's also coming to psvr 2 you know very weird the way that was announced. Mm-hmm. Um, next up, No Man's Sky coming to PSVR 2. It's good to see Sony and uh, uh, Hello Games working together again after all that happened. Um, seems like that's going to be the full game thing, too. It's not going to be an experience. Seems like it's just going to be all playable, which is super cool. I need to get back to No Man's Sky. It's a game that's always there on my hard drive that I want to dive into deeper. I gave it a good hour about a year ago, and I like a lot of the systems, and obviously it's updated all the time with these big expansions. And it's like a Jared-ass game. So I just need to commit to it when I have some time. Um, you know. Next up, uh, another PSVR 2 announcement, Horizon Call of the Mountain. This was one of the titles that was kind of like rumored and leaked before this state of play of, you know, Horizon PSVR 2 game. Looks cool if you're into that world. Um, uh, uh, the, the thing that's more interesting to me is this came packed with on the back end of it they announced a major update for Horizon Forbidden West that launched today, and uh, it's going to allow players to do New Game Plus. It's going to let you uh, reset your skill trees, and uh, there's going to be a bunch of new weapons and stuff. So it seems like a pretty substantial update to the game. Obviously, if you've played it, you probably have more ideas of the minutia of the overall update. But it was cool to see those two packed together. Uh, I think it's smart, too, because you want people to jump into Horizon Forbidden West, get excited for it, so they feel as if this VR title is a must-play, right? It's another one of those reasons to get the PSVR 2. Is like, okay, if you see it and it's like, oh, the launch lineup isn't great, but I need to play that. You just need enough of these like rings in the ladder to get people to climb up to the point where they're willing to take the leap, 
you know, and get the the yeah. actual product. So, yeah, and that's a good. It's an, this is another good one with uh, Resident Evil. But then the thing is too. Ultimately, like I already played Resident Evil Eight, so I'm not. I don't. I'm not thrilled to like replay it just in VR. But anyway, yeah, this is uh, Horizon is a good a good notch again for me of stuff I'd be looking for. Um, the biggest rung on that ladder, um, TBD, of course, Half Life Alex. Uh, to me, that has to be there. Like zero excuse, it has to be there at some point if they want this thing to be successful. But anyway, um, what's the little uh property for uh, PlayStation with a little white robot guy? What is it called? Astrobot. Yeah, I'm assuming it'll launch with a new Astrobot game too, right? They have a whole studio dedicated to making those games, so that's a given. And then remember, for RE4 remake, they ended with that. There's uh, PSVR2 content in the works too, so adding onto that as well. So not just RE8, but RE4 as well. Um, next up, we have the announcement that Marvel Spider-Man is coming to PC on August 22nd, 2022. People would have been wondering, you know, Sony talked about in their financial earnings of they're expecting a big boost to their PC sales. It's like, oh, what is that going to be? What, what, uh, you know, exclusive is coming to PC? Marvel Spider Man, of course, they're going to see a sales boost. That game's going to sell like hotcakes. And honestly, this is something we should have seen a long time ago, not just the Spider Man thing, but PlayStation's games coming to PC because, uh, Sean Layden, RIP to his PlayStation career, he's still alive, doing well. Yeah. Uh, still don't know what happened there. Um, but remember, he talked about how the AAA game development was unsustainable. And you see the clear amount of budget that PlayStation puts into its first-party games, and they had, there had to be a cracking point where they had to move them to PC to get additional sales to recoup costs as well, you know? It just, AAA game development is so expensive that it was inevitable. Well, and it extends their life, too. Like, it, yep. it, the way they're doing it, of these are, like, delayed releases on PC by, like, a year or more. So, like, it you know, reinvigorates, get some new sales later on in the after the game already came out. Um, and then also obviously get that game back in the conversation and that kind of stuff. Because especially Sony games, pretty much all single player, right? You can play through it, even the big ones, even Horizon, maybe play through it for 40 hours or so, and then and you're moving on to the next thing. So yeah, also, this is pretty smart from them. All the people having a tough time getting the PS5, it lets you sell to those people as well who maybe have a PC mm-hmm. but can't get a PS5 yet. Uh, next up, Stray finally got a release date. This is a cute little cat uh, adventure platforming game. It's coming out July 19th, 2022. This was always uh, also rumored before the show. Looks cool. The big thing for my interest on this, Dom, is A, the reviews. Obviously, it's a game that hinges for me on reviews. And two, the price point. Because if this, I don't mm-hmm. think it'll launch at $60. I think it'd be a little ridiculous. Um, but even 40 I don't know. It's... It's tough for me. Uh, obviously, it's tough to value games based on that, and you know, put a dollar amount to it. But it's one of those games where, like, if this is thirty bucks and it reviews well, I'm in. If it's sixty dollars and it reviews well, I'm probably out. If it's a seven and it's thirty bucks, I'm probably in. Like, I don't know how all that shakes out is a little weird, but I am interested in it. I thought it looked good. Um, have you been looking forward to this game or no? Yeah. So this is. Normally, like, you have to keep me caught up on some of the indie games that are hyped about, right? But this was one that I've watched all the gameplay demos that they've put out so far. I'm really excited for it. I think it looks really cool and, and original. But I'm ultimately with you. It doesn't feel like it's going to be a $60 game to me. Um, maybe the scope is just so much bigger than, like, what it's felt like so far based on what they've shown. But to me, this feels like it's going to be $30. So if it's more than that and, and the scope feels like what I think it feels like 
if that ends up being how it is, then that's going to be a, a harder one to swallow. It might be like wait for a sale kind of a thing. Hey, if it and comes then, out of course, at si- the reviews. Hey, if it comes out at sixty, and you don't want to buy it. There was also announced that if you're a premium or deluxe member for the new PlayStation Plus, right. you're getting it for free. So that's obviously starting their track of giving people free games. Um, I wonder how that's going to play into the whole PS Plus of getting free games as well. Because I think PlayStation is running to the same problem, kind of. Obviously, this new PlayStation Plus games with God of War and stuff is great. But we're getting to the point where, like, they've already kind of given away all of the PS4 games, most of them anyways, just like Xbox has with the Xbox One games. So how are you going to do that? And with Game Pass, it's putting new games into Game Pass. And for PlayStation, it might be releasing these indie titles into it for free as well. So we'll see what happens there. One thing I want to say, because uh, Stray had me uh, reminded me of this when he said high-profile indie, there was no little devil inside of this, and that's supposed to be launching this year. That's a little worrisome. To me, that probably says that that game's going to get delayed out of this year as well. Because this seems like the prime spot where if they're showing Stray here and it has a release date for this year, you would assume little devil inside. Who knows? We might get another state of play like in July that has it, but it's just a little worrisome there. Um, next up, one of the stars of this state of play, in my opinion, is Callisto Protocol. This is obviously mm-hmm. from the former uh, Dead Space devs, led by Glenn Schofield, starring Josh Dumel. It looks like classic Dark Souls. It has the same type of vibes and combat. Seems they're going to be severing limbs left and right. It's not specifically like a one-for-one clone of Dead Space. It does feel a little bit more original. It feels closer to, like, Alien uh, in terms of, like, there's a lot of, like, combat suits and stuff it's not just the creature horror whereas with dead space it was much more focused on those aliens but it looks dope uh it's coming out december 2nd 2022 which i think is great i could see it totally getting delayed and i wouldn't be surprised but if it does hit this year that'd be awesome and the other thing i want to say is before this came out uh glenn schofield kind of confirmed that this is no longer attached to the PUBG universe not that i think that was a huge deal i think that was just kind of like for marketing purposes but as the game garnered its own interest from people on its own. They didn't feel like they needed to attach it to PUBG. I think that was just at the offset. Publishers were worried, like, how do we get people interested? PUBG's hot right now. And obviously, as how PUBG has gone by the wayside in the general audience. Obviously, it's still huge on mobile, makes millions of dollars. It's cool that they're like, oh, we can detach it. I still almost guarantee, Dom, we're going to get a frying pan in this game. We're going to get some little nods to the PUBG universe, I think, as a mm-hmm. joke from the developers a winner winner chicken dinner type thing um but yeah this game looked awesome i'm excited for it how do you feel i know you're uh, you love horror games uh so what does this do for you in terms of your interest in it this was um it's been mentioned before but this yeah this was the first i've seen of it and yeah that trailer looked incredible um i'm so stoked and it's yeah december i don't know i'm i'm super excited like everything that it showed like the mood the the horror of it that the way that the gameplay looks like it's going to work. It just, oof, I, I'm really excited for this now. This is, that's just like really quickly climbed onto, you know, most anticipate. We talked about, you know, a few weeks ago on a podcast or most anticipated games the rest of the year that, you know, this is now up there. It might be number one, um, uh, pending some other announcements that may or may not still happen. But yeah, I'm super excited for this Callisto protocol game. Like you gave me an idea. I think in July, early July, we should do a, uh, our new most anticipated top five without looking mm-hmm. at our old list. And then I'll unveil our old list and we'll see how they compare after a month of announcements for games we get this year. I think that'd be pretty interesting. That's a good idea. Um, yeah, it looks really cool. I'm excited for it as well. Um, I don't know. We just don't get enough like 
triple A horror games. Obviously, we're both excited for the Quarry, which is coming out next week as we're recording. Um, but that's not necessarily a triple A game. And you know, in Hollywood, there's always this thing with where if a movie comes out, sometimes there's a movie that's very similar that comes out around the same time. Uh, like when Just Friends and uh, Friends with Benefits both came out, and people get those movies confused. Uh, with movies, it's a little bit easier because movies take like a year and a half to make, right? At least you know, live action, not necessarily animated movies. With gaming, it's a little bit harder for those things to be uh, like syncing up randomly because games are so long to develop. But we're likely going to get Callisto Protocol and Dead Space remake within a month of each other. How crazy is that? Like, yeah. wild how that happens. Even if, because so obviously there's like you know, well, it could get delayed, and they could you know, or just they could get delayed to be even closer, right? <laughs> um, yeah, Callisto could go from December to February or something. So it's always funny how that stuff happens. Uh, next up, we had a game that I thought was Sable. Turns out to be Roller Dome. It's I wrote down arcade skating shooter. I guess that's the only way I can describe it. Coming out August 6, 2022. Looks fun. Nothing else to say, say there. Anything of interest for you or no? Nope. Nah. Next up, I wrote anime-ass anime game. This is Eternites. It's coming 2023. It's a mix of uh, your typical anime action game and also a dating sim. Um, the opening looked cool. It looked like a you know well-done cinematic for an anime and then kind of got into the gameplay that I'm not necessarily a fan of and I'm assuming Dom too, knowing your taste, you probably won't be interested in it either. Uh not much going for this one either. Yeah. <laughs> Next up, Street Fighter Six. Still sporting that weird logo that they kind of stole from somebody else, but they decided, okay, we're gonna move the Street Fighter part of it outside and we're gonna keep the shape and just put the six there. Very odd. It's coming twenty twenty three. Uh looks cool. They showed off six characters. Uh they showed off Ryu, Chun Li, Luke, who I'm not familiar with. And a couple of other characters, not huge in a Street Fighter, but because of being into gaming, you kind of get the uh, absorption of it just through being interested in uh, the industry. So excited for people who are excited. I'm still waiting for my fighting game announcement, which is Injustice 3. Where is it? Come on, NetherRealm. And maybe it shows up in our predictions later. Who knows? Uh, next up, uh, Tunic coming to PlayStation September 27th. I need to get back to that game. Uh, season is coming in autumn 2022. This is the indie game where it's a, a woman of color riding her bike down this like post-apocalyptic world. Looks really cool. If you're into walking sims or games like that with that type of vibe, it seems like it's going to be uh, that type of adventure. You know, if you love uh, What Remains of Edith Finches of the World or Firewatch, definitely is giving me those vibes. Um, oh, I almost skipped a whole page. Hold on here. Uh, next up, we have. Oh, no, that's it. That's it. Okay, first page, second page. The last thing, Final Fantasy 16. Now, I think people were excited to see this game, and I do love the uh, statement that the producer made beforehand, basically saying, like, our job as game developers in a world that's kind of in turmoil right now is to deliver some entertainment that can distract people for as long as it does, um, which I like him acknowledging the events of everything going on with, you know, Ukraine the stuff we deal with on a monthly basis at this point in the United States and all of that stuff. Um, but the trailer looked cool. Um, obviously, we're on polar opposites in terms of the Final Fantasy VII Remake. I really enjoyed that game, had a blast with it. I know you were turned off a bit by it. Funny enough, I think we both have concerns with this game not having to do with maybe the setting or the characters or the story because I think all of those hit and look really cool. The combat, and for somebody who loved Final Fantasy VII Remake, I think the combat looks close to it, but it looks 
it looks a little bit more arcadey, and we both are like, why are the all these giant numbers on screen, right? It's because the thing was, yeah, I, 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 <laughs> I complained a lot about Final Fantasy VII remake. I did not like that combat system, but then even looking back to Kingdom Hearts three, did not like that either, um, because that was just the opposite of Final Fantasy VII, right? Where it was just super arcadey, and you're just kind of button mashing into crazy combos into special attacks uh, and it's all kind of automated and you're jumping into the air as you use your sword and things like it just way which is a lot of very extra this felt like uh it's kind of like that kingdom hearts gameplay uh to be honest this is <laughs> i don't know but it just it didn't look fun to me it doesn't get me excited even though the setting looks super cool i like the more fantasy medieval style we got we got some got a bunch of dragons, all sorts of cool stuff, but yeah, I don't, it's still feeling like a tough sell for me at this point. But now this is a big deal. Um, a lot of people are going to be excited about this. So I, you know, similar to Street Fighter, Fighter, it's hard to uh, ignore it entirely. It's kind of like a big deal. Final, any kind of Final Fantasy in in the industry is a big deal. And this is going to be a lot of people's first introduction to Final Fantasy in a fantasy setting, which I think is pretty big. Um, point. Th that kind of has me interested. I need to see more of the combat. I am obviously I'm not as worried about it because who knows the settings you might be able to turn down the numbers. It's funny though because a lot of people would say, "Oh man, I can't wait for Final Fantasy to move from turn-based combat. I'm going to be much more interested in it." And then it moves from turn-based combat, and it's like mm, maybe I don't want this after all, you know? So it's pretty interesting. Uh, next up, that's it for the state of play. Really wonderful show. I thought it was. A lot better than I thought it was going to be. Um, I went in with decent expectations. I wasn't expecting anything crazy, um, but I thought it was overall well uh, done. The one note I want to make is, though we knew PlayStation was partnering with Summer Game Fest, this state of play actually had the branding on it, Dom, which I thought was very interesting. Like it had the Summer Game Fest branding in the actual video package, okay. which you know it was like oh whatever. But PlayStation doesn't typically do that. Sort they're like, yeah, we're with you, but we're not with you you know it's like you yeah. can label us on your thing but we're doing our own thing so i thought that's pretty interesting and it might come up later uh but let's get to our summer of predictions let's do some predictions baby following sony state of play june has kicked off the summer of announcements and we're looking at several upcoming events that will infuse the gaming industry with hype surprise and updates i the way i wrote this out is i want us both to go into our predictions with the same information dom and everyone out there to have updated information so we're all working with the same set of information how many times can i say information in a row so here's some updates that are hot off the presses as recent as this morning first up dragon age 4 has a title it's going to be titled dragon age dreadwolf which is dope um if yeah, you're unfamiliar cool soul solace who's a villainous character he was the out the bald elven mage that was featured in the unveiling of dragon age 4 he is known as the dread wolf so with him being the main villain it seems like it's a perfect name um super excited uh yeah um i always forget dumb which dragon age games have you played none of them wow okay inquisition for i don't know maybe two or three hours years ago. i I would not be surprised if EA releases a legendary collection like they did with the Mass Effect for Dragon Age. Would not mm -hmm. surprise me. Um, love those games. Next up, the other bit of information. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2's reveal is happening on June 8th. So this is a day before Summer Game Fest. 
So, like I said, just want everybody to have the same information so we're not talking about, oh, will Modern Warfare 2 be unveiled at this? And it's like, well, dummy, it's happening the day before. Uh, next up, we already knew EA wasn't doing an event this year. They're not doing EA Play, but they are partnered with Summer Game Fest. The surprising one is Ubisoft came out and said they're not doing an event, and they're not partnered with Summer Game Fest. This is big because where are we going to see Ubisoft stuff? Will it appear at wow. Xbox's presentation? <laughs> Don't say too much. <laughs> You'll spoil my prediction. Yeah. I'm not going to do any predictions, but the thing <laughs> I wanted to mention is be- the reason this is a big deal is we don't know what's going on necessarily with the future of Assassin's Creed right now. We have the Avatar game slated for next year. We haven't heard nothing about massive entertainment Star Wars game. There's a lot of stuff Ubisoft can talk about. That's why it's so weird. But once again, like Dom said, we might be teasing some uh, predictions later on. Um, Now to the scheduled events. I put these into two categories. The could be cool category, which are events that like we're not really interested in, but they could show some cool stuff that we'll be interested in afterward, right? You're not looking forward to this event, but there might be a game or two that gets you hype. And then there's the big boy tier, which is self-explanatory. It's the big boys. So first up in the could be cool tier, we have Netflix's Geek Week for Gaming, which is June 10th. Who knows what will happen there? Obviously, Netflix has gone into gaming recently. And uh, I'm more interested to see what media properties they turn into TV and and, uh, movies from gaming than whatever gaming stuff. I think that'll be (laughs) the better hype part. I have Um, some good predictions there, too. (laughs) The the overlooked one from last year that I thought was one of my favorite presentations was a Tribeca Game Spotlight. Um, They showed off some really cool games. There was two that were claymation games that are probably years out, that looked absolutely incredible. It's the closest thing to a Wallace and Gromit video game I've ever seen. Um, I remember that you showed me. And then there was, was it the same one where the entire game was not animated, but motion capture, motion stop, or whatever. I forget what it's called. Like the the AT-ATs in Star Wars. Like they made the entire game like with miniature. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. Incredible stuff. Like this is like... (laughs) You know, this, your snooty uncle's game showcase, and I'm <laughs> here for it, and I can't wait. That's June 10th as well. So Geek Week and that happening back-to-back. June 11th, this is the one event on this list that isn't partnered with the Summer Game Fest, the Future Game Show. Now, this one is weird because they can show a bunch. They, usually, they'll show things we've seen before 17 times, but they'll also have, like, one game you've never seen before. So who the hell knows? The information I did write down, though, is it's going to be about 40-ish games. Pretty hefty boy here. But the publishers I'm interested in are Team 17 and Thunderful. Thunderful recently has published some really cool games, indie games, and obviously Team 17 does a lot of dope stuff as well. So we'll see. Once again, could be cool, but we don't know. Next up, this is the big boy tier. So first off, I want to start off with any unannounced Nintendo director, state of player, PlayStation showcase we don't know about. Those could totally happen in June. Who knows? And for the for uh, our predictions, we're only going from the beginning of June, Dom, to the end of June. So anything that happens in July doesn't count for this specific predictions thing. Obviously, if events are announced for July, we'll do another predictions thing then. But we're only going from June 2nd or June 3rd to June 30th. So who knows if we'll see a Nintendo Direct. I hope so. PlayStation Showcase. It was weird that we got that new uh, Pokemon trailer. So maybe to me that means like, oh, maybe a Direct is a little bit farther away, you know? Who knows? Obviously, they don't work directly together, but um, yeah, we'll see. The one thing I want to mention from that is, which is kind of a big deal for people in the know for Pokemon Dom, is do you do you recognize the name Junichi Musa, uh, Masuda? No. So Junichi Masuda is essentially the grandfather of Pokemon. Okay, he is the dude. When you think of Pokemon, he is the dude. He's responsible for 
like shiny Pokemon uh, breeding, like a lot of mechanics in Pokemon that make Pokemon what it is. Um, he is like that dude. He recently left Game Freak, and now he's the chief creative dude at the Pokemon company. That's his label, the chief creative dude. guy. I think it's chief creative guy, but yeah, chief creative dude at the Pokemon company, which is a pretty big promotion because he went from Game Freak to the Pokemon company, which is a big deal. So there's that. Um, Next up. Oh, the other thing, Toby Fox that made Undertale is doing one of the songs in a Pokemon game, which is super cool. Usually that stuff is very Eastern developed. So it's awesome to see Toby Fox jump in there and do a song. Anyways, the summer... Game Fest showcased on this is happening on June 9th. This is Key 3, Jeff Keighley's big show. Once again, we're going to get into our predictions later, but I wanted to label out all of the partners because there's some misses here that I'm wondering what's going to happen. So their partners are 2K, Activision, Atlas, Bandai Namco, Bloober Team, Silent Hill maybe, Capcom, Coffee Stain, Deep Silver, Digital Extremes, Dot Emu, which is a name you might not recognize, but they're publishing. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Shredder's Revenge, and Metal Slug Tactics. Two games that people are really looking forward to, so keep that in mind. EA, Epic Games, Focus Home Entertainment, Frost Giant, Humble Games, Level Infinite, Mediatonic, who does Fall Guys and a bunch of other games, publishing. Muhoyo, which you're like, Muhoyo, who is that? They're the developers of Genshin Impact, and recently they unveiled their next game, which is Zenless Zone Hero. So that could play a part in that show as well. Netflix, Raw Fury, Sega, Skybound Games, which is interesting, Studio MDHR, uh, PlayStation, Square Enix, WB Games, and Xbox. No Nintendo, no Ubisoft, which is pretty huge. One thing I want to mention, too, is with these partners, it's not just for the actual showcase. It's for the weekend. There's a lot of influencers and media people going down there to play games. So, for instance, like Studio MDHR, I don't think they're showing anything new. I think they're partnered and people are going to get hands-on of the delicious last course which is coming at the end of the month so that makes sense those are all the people partnering uh nothing else to say there i just wanted to get that out there so everyone knows what's going on um now the xbox bethesda showcase this is happening on june 12th the following sunday from summer game fest um there's only one update i want to mention obsidian entertainment has teased their inclusion in the event uh one of the directors at obsidian basically had this little like he put like the nail polish emoji of like getting ready, you know, like getting ready to go out kind of thing. So Obsidian's going to be involved. Now, a lot of people think, oh, it's 100% going to be avowed. And basically, Jeff Grubb said that it's not, he's not saying it's not avowed, but he's saying it's not only avowed. He says that there's going to be something else Obsidian's showing. Now, if you remember, Dom, do you remember Pentiment? We talked about it a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Pentiment is the Disco Elysium-inspired game by former Fallout New Vegas director, and Jez Corden, in the initial report of this, said that it could launch in 2022. With Redfall being delayed, with uh, Starfield being delayed, I could totally see this being there. I don't think it'll be the showcase of the show, because obviously it's like a computer RPG-type game. doesn't speak to everyone. But to me, that's kind of what the tease is prior. We're seeing Pentiment, right? Everything kind of lines up for that, I'd assume. Nothing add. <laughs> okay. I don't want to. I, was... I got a lot to say about Obsidian. We'll get to. Cause... Okay. Okay. Now let's get to our predictions. And now that all the cards are on the table, we have all of the information out there. I told Dom he needed to come with ten total predictions, and they were split up as follows. He needed two indie game predictions, 
this doesn't uh so this isn't based on whatever show they appear at literally that they're an indie game obviously a lot of games toe the line but you know we know indie game is an indie game two release date predictions once again this could happen at any event at any time this is specifically for release dates and also your other predictions could be release date ones too but these two specifically had to be release dates you need to come with three summer game fest predictions for the actual showcase not the uh idea of it for over the entire summer and then three xbox bethesda showcase predictions so we're going to start off we'll go back and forth we're going to start off with the indie predictions do you want to go first or you should i go first you go first okay so my this is a little bit of a smorgasbord uh by the end of june because remember all these predictions are only valid through june 30th I'm, there's only 30 days in june right yeah i'm pretty sure there's only 30 days by the end of june we'll have the release dates for teenage mutant ninja turtle shredder's wrench advanced wars one plus two reboot camp and somerville all three of those games will have release dates and uh, if you're like, oh, well, what if they just slap a 2023 on it? No, by this, I mean 2022 release dates with at least a month. So at least uh, September 2022 or, you know what I mean? Now, it can't just be a vague 2023. That's my first indie one. What's yours? Okay. I'm going to go with um, we're going to be revealed to a Star Wars game developed by an indie studio that I'll say that we've heard of that we're very familiar with. Um, so okay. not like some random mobile developer, but you know, someone who has a track record of making indie games, basically. Cut like a like a good example. Play Dead, Team Cherry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So th- that's what I'm going for. So like a licensed Star Wars game, but made by an indie studio. We talked about this idea. Um, I think you talked about it really um, a while ago, but for a Marvel game or Marvel games, right? Like, can we pass out some IP to some different indies and see what they can, what kind of creative ideas they can do with that? I, you know, with Marvel's IPs, I want to see, I think we're going to see that happen with the Star Wars game. So, putting that out. Yeah, I hope, man. Here's hoping. Because when you started that with Star Wars, I'm like, did Dom remember that this is the indie predictions? But yeah. <laughs> um, Next up, my second one. We don't see Hollow Knight Silk Song at all. It remains Dude, dormant. It's a good thing I brought a third because that was on my list. As a okay. <laughs> yeah, we don't see it at all. We don't get even a, a sniff of Hollow Knight Silk Song. That's my second prediction. Hurts. But here's the thing. I'm either right or I'm happy. So that's what I'm going with. I'm either right and it doesn't show up or I'm happy and we see it. So can't go wrong with that. All right. Yeah, that's it's weird that we both are pessimistic for that one. But anyway, um, next I have along the same lines where instead of because obviously Breath of the Wild 2 was delayed into 2023 and the popular prediction, it seems, is, oh, well, we're going to get, you know, some remasters of Twilight Princess and or Wind Waker on the Switch because we got, you know, the Skyward Sword remake last year. Um, But I'm not going with that. I'm going with we're going to see another zelda game but again made by a non-nintendo indie studio so very similar to what we saw with cadence of hyrule where the developers who i don't remember the, their name but they made crypt of the crypt of the necro dancer yeah that's right um they made a zelda inspired version of their game where it's you know rhythm based but still kind of a 2d zelda game um 
it was mad fun and i think it seemed like a lot of people enjoyed it so i think nintendo is going to do that again different studio than them um but an indie studio nonetheless they're going to you know give zelda to and see what else they can make because i feel like people are clamoring for breath of the wild and you know the delays aren't aren't a great look and so i think that they've had this in their back pocket too so that's what i'm going with an indie zelda game non-nintendo i see your trend of pair indie studios with popular ip that's kind of both your predictions are based on that yeah i'm going with that a lot here (laughs) apparently uh next up release date predictions Uh, i think it's only fair i went first on the first one you can go first on this one all right i'm gonna go I want to take one because I think you'll take it. So I'm going to take it first because I only have two dates. <laughs> um, Elden Ring is going to have DLC releasing this October the 28th. Oh, okay. You're going specific, specific. All right. I thought you were just very specific. I thought you were going to say, because honestly, when it took Elden Ring gets a DLC this year, because I even think that's bold. I don't know if that's necessarily a given that it releases yeah. in this calendar year. It's soon. Okay. Yeah. So I, I think you get it right even if it's just October. I don't, I'm not going to hold you to 28th, but that'll be bonus points if you get it specifically. That'd be pretty sure. crazy. My first one, The Last of Us Remake gets revealed and dated for November of this year. Okay. okay. Yeah. I like that. I like that. I thought about that, um, but instead I went with something a little riskier. Okay. And I'll elaborate, though. We're going to get a release date of November 4th. I'm specific here again. <laughs> for god of war ragnarok november 4th it's a friday so we both agree now, that playstation's big exclusive is going to be in november at least we're on a similar page yeah now do i actually think that come november 4th it won't have been delayed out of that date <laughs> no but i do think they're going to announce that as the date and maybe it ends up getting delayed into january or something but i think they commit to november 4th um at the summer because, like, probably not going to be another state of play in June because we just had one. So I'm I'm really banking on the, them wanting to make a huge splash at Summer Games Fest presentation um, with that announcement. So that's what I'm going with. God of War, Ragnarok, November 4th. So mine is in the realm of delays, but it's actually about the delays. So I'm, I'm putting two games together. I think that both Saints Row and Gotham Knights are delayed out of 2022. Um, they both don't look all that hot. They both have received pretty mixed criticism with their latest <laughs> reveals and previews. Um, I think I'm more confident in Saints Row getting delayed out of this year than I am Gotham Knights, but I would not be like I'm. I'm like a fifty-fifty with Gotham, Gotham Knights, or I'm like a seventy-thirty with Saints Row. You know, they're both mm-hmm. pretty much there, uh, and I wouldn't be surprised for either. Next up, Summer Game Fest. These are the predictions. Um, you know. It's weird. Why would a company just come out and announce the title for their next game in a popular franchise a week before events are being held, if not to show more? So I think we get a Dragon Age Dreadwolf story cinematic. Um, more than what we've seen, because we've basically just been seeing teases of the world and like Solus. I think this is like establishes what's going on in Dragon Age Dreadwolf. Um, I don't think we'll see gameplay, and if we do, it'll be so cinematic that you question if it's gameplay type of. Uh, feel uh, if anything it's the closest to gameplay we'll get is Hellblade 2's recent gameplay reveal where it is gameplay but it's super cinematic feeling right um, but yeah Dragon Age Dreadwolf is in Summer Game Fest and we get a story cinematic that's my first one so 
Oh, here I, I wrote down like I have like seven. Just just in case. Yeah, extra redundant. Yeah. So now now unfortunately I have choices. Um so I already kind of used God of War for a release date prediction, so I'm gonna push that one aside. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go big. We're gonna see a teaser for the new the next Bioshock game at Summer Game Fest. I'm now I'm now I'm second guessing. Two K was one of the partners, right? Two K is publishing it. It's being developed by Cloud Chamber Games. And they were listed. Oh, as you're like saying are they partnered with Summer Game Fest? Fest? Yes, they're the first one listed. Yeah. Sorry, uh, I thought you were saying are they partnering with Bioshock? I'm like, damn, they own Bioshock. You know that. Yeah. So, I was super confused. <laughs> um, no gameplay, but just you know, like a teaser type trailer to give us an idea of the setting, because that's kind of what people always want to know with Bioshock. Is what, ever since they brought it into the sky, the last one, it's kind of like, well, are we going to be underwater? Are we going to be somewhere different? What's going on? So it's going to kind of give us. Similar to what you just said for Dragon Age, it give us an idea of what the world is and what's going on. No gameplay or anything like that. No date. Just, yep, Bioshock. Because we know it's getting made. We know it's had some trouble with development, even though it's been worked on for like a couple years now. But I think um, they're getting to the point where they got to put something out, you know, to get some hype built and be reminded that people are going to be excited as all fuck for this, um, even if it's early on. So my one of my three I'm going to have to actually make up on the spot because I only came with three. So I was like, there's no way Dom's going to have a Bioshock prediction. For uh, real? Oh, man. My Bioshock, I have written down Bioshock 4 revealed, and I added female protagonist, which I think oh, will okay, be pretty cool. interesting. But I think that's not different enough, so I want to come up with something else. That'll be my third one. It's going to be on the spot. I'm going to look at the partners, figure something out. But my second prediction, Monster Hunter World 2 is revealed, dated for early 2023. We had a similar time frame That's for the first one. Monster Hunter World game. Uh, obviously, came out early of the year it came out. Um, that game sold phenomenally. Capcom just loves Monster Hunter. We're getting towards the end of the Monster Hunter Rise DLC time frame with uh, Sunbreak and all that stuff. And uh, you know, you may be thinking, "Oh, well, you know, Resident Evil Four Remake is dated for uh, March or whatever." It's like, who cares? Like that 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 has nothing to do with. I'm pretty sure the year Monster Hunter World came out, one of the RE remakes came out. They don't, Capcom isn't worried about that. If anything, they want both those games to come out so their end of their fiscal year looks phenomenal. So, mm-hmm. and it's been a while. Uh, what year did Monster Hunter World come out? I want to say 2019 or 2018. I was thinking 18. Monster Hunter reason. World, I'm looking it up on the spot. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, tw- January 26, 2018. So I'm going to say January 2023 is what it gets dated. I'm not going to go super specific. Uh, for bonus points, I'll add a specific date. Let me just look at January real quick. I'm going to say January 26th, 2023, Monster Hunter World 2 release date. That's my second prediction. What's your second as I try to come up with a third? All right. Um, I wanted this as part of a, a Nintendo Direct, but I think it just as easily could be at Summer Game Fest. I'm going to say Rogue Legacy 2, and I could get burned on this quickly if I find out there's some kind of exclusivity deal, but (laughs) Rogue Legacy 2 gets a a cool little trailer and is announced for Switch and uh, PS4 and 5 at Summer Game Fest, because right now, it's only on Xbox, I found out. (laughs) Wait, are you sure? It's not on PlayStation? It is not. It's on Xbox and PC only. I know, right? But the first one is PlayStation exclusive. 
yeah, that's why I was uh, I didn't realize it because I was gonna buy it, and then I was like, oh, I, I can't, <laughs> not here at least. No. Really? Yeah, I know it's crazy, right? That but, that's that surprises me. I thought it was on PlayStation this entire time. I was more surprised it was on Xbox. I was like, oh, cool. I just feel like the first game was super loved, you know, and this is so this is a direct sequel. Um, so I think like it was always part of their plan to have you know the ports for the other platforms ready to go, and you know Xbox, you know, pitched in a couple bucks to buy a you know a couple a month or a couple months of exclusivity or something. But seems like it's, this type of game always comes to Switch. You know, it would have been a perfect Game so. Pass game. That's why I'm so shocked that it's only on Xbox because it didn't launch in Game Pass. That's what yeah. I'm most shocked about. I'm like, so you, that's crazy to me. Wow, I'm so flabbergasted. I didn't know that was a thing. That's super surprising. Um, it's good get, so, but you, no one knows it. So, port to Switch and PlayStation platforms, right? Is your is your going? Yeah, yeah. Do you think? I mean, it's on PC, right? I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. It is. Do you think Steam Deck would be featured in that advertisement? Not that this is a prediction, but do you think they'd like Ooh. say Steam Deck, or do you think it's too niche of a project product that I, it doesn't really matter? I think at most they'd put it. You know at the bottom of the screen at the end where they put all the platforms. Maybe they'll put a Steam Deck logo. Maybe. I don't know. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think of... I need some more time to think of my third one, so you can, you can go back-to-back back and give me your third. All right. We're going big uh, because it's just more fun, you know? I obviously don't think all... <laughs> Basically, the one I had about Bioshock seems like it could happen, but it's a big deal. For that to happen and my next prediction to happen seems just way unlikely, but going big anyway. Persona 6 is getting revealed at Summer Game Fest at that presentation. And, you know, it'll be PS5 and PS4 will be shown. I'll include that as part of it. Um, Because Persona 5 infamously... Still came out on PS3, you know, years into the PS4's life. Um, so I think it'll be a similar situation. But yeah, it's going to be cool. It'll be all, I don't know, blue or purple or something instead of red. Um, it, Yeah, so that's what I'm going to go with. I think it's going to... I feel like that's a big announcement. And that, that'd be really cool. A lot of people are going to get all all hyped because 5 got in a lot of new people like myself into the franchise. So Persona 6, book it. Have I, I like talked that for too. long enough to give you an idea? Yeah, it's very. Yeah, I have an idea. It's very bold. <laughs> okay. I, I like it. Um, <laughs> so I was looking through the partners, and I was like, "Who do I think could have something to announce?" Um, I already had the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Shredder's Revenge in one of my other predictions for indie games. I can't really tackle Dot Emu. I was like, "Does 2K have something?" You stole Bioshock, so I'm like, "Oh, what do I?" There's Capcom. I'm looking through, and. Uh, there's one that stuck out to me for 2K that no one's talking about that was slated to come out this summer. Still no release date. We're going to see Marvel's Midnight Suns, which is the tactical RPG from the developers of XCOM. It's the XCOM Marvel game. It's going to come out in August. It's going to have an August 2022 release date. And to make it a little bit spicier, I'm going to say that it's going to be announced that each platform gets... So PlayStation and Xbox each get a, an exclusive character. I think PlayStation's is Spider-Man. I think that's pretty easy to, like, nail down. Uh, and I think that Xbox's is... Hmm. 
who would make sense for I say Xboxes is going to be because of the recent movie and she fits in with the tone of the game. I'm going to go America Chavez, who some people might not know, but she's one of the main characters in the new Doctor Strange movie. Uh, okay. She basically can uh, travel through the multiverse. She has a dope uh, American jacket, super cool. Um, and obviously I'm always down for some Latino representation. So I'm going to go with that. A lot of layers to that, but hey... You stole Bioshock from me. I had to come up with something on the spot. And uh, I am excited for this game. I want to see more gameplay. And I want to see more outfits. Obviously, they showed off like those gold and black ones, which look cool. But I want, am I going to be getting like some classic Captain America outfits? Am I going to get some dope blade outfits? Give me that OG Wolverine. Like I want to see some costumes. Give me a reason to hop in. And I hope it's August. I hope this game doesn't get delayed to next year. Uh, I think August would be a nice time frame for it. And it'd be soon enough for people like, oh, I'm excited. Start up the hype cycle. Let's get into it. Now, the Xbox Bethesda Showcase predictions. Uh, I went first on Summer Game Fest. So you can go first on this one. I'm, I'm pretty confident you're not going to steal my first one. Pretty confident. Okay. I have, I think, um, two. Well, I have, I have, again, I have some extras just in case. But I'll go with what I think is, I feel really good about. And that's, um, we're going to see... A uh, trailer for the new Fable game. I think a lot of people are kind of counting on this. Um, but I'm going to throw in there. It's going to... Because obviously we saw just a teaser trailer, I think, two years ago now. The fairy that gets, like, swatted or stepped on or something. Yeah, which was not much going on. Just kind of a bit of a... Oh, yeah, fantasy world, but it's, you know, dark and humorous or whatever. Uh, but this, I think we're going to see, like, a trailer with actual gameplay in it. It'll look, you know, gameplay without the HUD or whatever mixed in the cinematics, that kind of stuff. Um, no date, no year, nothing like that. Just a nice trailer just to remind everyone, yeah, we're making this Fable game, and it's going to be cool as hell, and we can't wait uh, to, to release it, and I can't wait to play it. So that's that's my first prediction. If that happens, I predict I'm going to have a oh shit moment where I'm like, oh shit, this game looks good. I have all yeah. the trust in the world in Playground Games. You know, obviously there's a little bit of worry about are they going to nail the, the, the overall gameplay of an RPG, but in terms of the quality of that game visually, I think with their work on Forza Horizon stuff, that's almost a given. So I think that game is going to look beautiful. Now, will it play beautiful and will everything come together? Who knows? But I can almost guarantee that game is going to look gorgeous. And if it does show, I can't wait. Uh, my first prediction, Double Fine is going to announce their next game, their next major game, and it's going to be an original IP. So it's not going to be Psychonauts 3. It's not going to be, uh, you know, a sequel to one of their known properties. I was originally, I want to add this anecdote, going to attach, they're also going to announce a remake of the original Psychonauts. Because of the success of Psychonauts 2, they're going to build Psychonauts in the original, the original Psychonauts in the Psychonauts 2 engine. But I'm less confident in that because when doing my research, I found an interview with Tim Schafer where they were asking him about that. And he basically said that going back in, Fixing that game in any capacity is an impossible task because of the way that game was developed. Kind of talks about how it was, you know, when indie developers are making games, they can do some weird workarounds that maybe make the game's longevity in terms of working on it a little difficult. Um, and obviously I said remake, not remaster. But the problem there is, is that sounds like Tim Schafer doesn't want to remaster or remake that game. Therefore, you would assume that then it would get outsourced to a different studio to do it. And I don't think Xbox is going to step on Double Fine's toes like that 
and be like, oh, we're going to send this out to somebody else to remake. Not only that, I think they'd probably ask them. I don't think Tim Schafer is the type of dude who's like, yeah, just outsource one of the games I made to get remade by another team. You know what I mean? I just don't see that happening. Double Fine isn't that type of, co- type of company. They're either going to do it themselves or no one's going to do it. So I kind of backed off of that. But yeah. I do think we see their next game, and it's an original IP. And an added like on, that. I'm going to be stoked. <laughs> I like that. Cause it, and it's hard to do. It's hard to do those predictions a lot of the time because you can't predict like what we don't know. If it's an yeah. original IP, how do we describe what it is? It's like, where do you get the other details? So, yeah, uh, that's pretty cool. And that, it feels about right because uh, I feel like they're especially – like Psychonauts 2 was a, a a game of the year contender. It was our game of the year. Um, yep. Right. <laughs> but even at the Game Awards last year, um, it, you know, it, it was up there. So I think they're on the up and up. And I think that we're gonna, yeah, Microsoft is gonna want to see more from them and encourage them to, you know, start to advertise their next project. That's what, I, I like the original IP about it. I'm excited for this potential now. And yeah, Tim Schafer basically said his next game is gonna be original. So. Okay. You know, uh, that's kind of where I get the idea from, but who knows? They have a bunch of people working there that have their own ideas too, so we'll see. All right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go big, and I'm gonna set a scene for you. Um, you know, Phil. Well, this isn't part of the prediction, but you know, picture <laughs> Phil. You know, talking about all how much he loves all his you know new studios, and they're all doing great, and a lot of them are growing, and one of them that has been growing a lot is obsidian so much so that they're now able to reveal another project they're working on it's not pentiment i mean they are working on that but it's instead it is a sequel to fallout new vegas and it's a different city um an american actually i'm not going to say american it's a different city um but it's going to be explained that this is you know it's going to be clear that it's a sequel to new vegas and not fallout 5 right and yeah, developed by Obsidian, and we're all gonna be sitting here scratching our heads like, how, how is that even a thing? How are, how many people work at that place? How many teams do they have? And we're just gonna be sitting here in bewilderment because, I feel like, the past couple years, uh, we we there there's always one of those at least one of those moments where something we couldn't have predicted, just based on like studio capacity or whatever it is and resources, like we just think it feels impossible, but yet xbox seems to make it happen like some there's something that we didn't think was possible apparently is so that's why i'm going with this it's obviously a big dream (laughs) prediction for me and i want to will it into existence but that's what i'm going with obsidian is making that new vegas sequel and and i can't it's we're just going to get a teaser trailer kind of like that original fable one you know where it's just tone piece and explains that this is a sequel to new vegas and not fallout 5 and you know get hyped people so I have a couple of follow-ups to you on this. One, you know, with Pentiment probably coming out this year, the, the cool thing is that he was the director of the first one. So if they're pushing that game out this year, he can totally start pre-pro on the sequel. And I think that would get a lot of good sentiment with people if they announce that he's directing the sequel as well, uh, which would be dope. Uh, where, like, they announce Pentiment, or they announce the sequel, and they're like, Josh Sawyer's directing it. He directed the first one. Oh, by the way, he has a game coming out this year as well. I think it would be sick. Um, second thing, none of the fallouts have ever been outside of the United States, right? Correct. Yeah. So do we think that would ever happen? I'm not sure about like one and two, you know, like the CRP. No, they were in California. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure like California, Nevada. 
So it'd be interesting. Like I would love a fallout in like Paris. I would love a fallout mm-hmm. like in London. I would love yeah. a fallout in Tokyo. There's a lot of places. I would love a fallout like in India. I think would be really interesting. Like in terms of American cities, the only one they haven't really touched in terms of a major one is like what L.A. or Chicago. I'm thinking Vegas, obviously. Honestly, here's the actually that's less interesting. The more interesting question is: Would you want a direct sequel where it takes place in the same in in New Vegas? Because I'm kind of yeah. into that. I thought about that too, and I actually, yeah, I didn't hate it. I want to see a, something, you know, more different, right? And I would like to, you know, like, give me Paris or London or Tokyo or something. That'd be cool, right? That, that I think like has the most potential, but. Something I I think that's harder because something about Fallout is American. I don't know. This is gonna sound weird. I don't know, <laughs> nationalistic or something. But something like no, Fallout, it's like Americana, feel- like the Nuka Cola. It's very much like yeah. the fifties vibe. Yeah, I get yeah. it. Yeah, and like the fifty. I mean, I, obviously the fifties happened in everywhere else in the world too, in other countries. But yeah, I get it. It is uniquely. It feels yeah. uniquely American in that way because a lot of the imagery. Yeah. I get it. Um, but maybe that is the shift of where the main lines are that, and maybe the, the side ones are the exploring the world type vibe for me, my dream city for a fallout would be Seattle because it'd be, I think the, like the, the, the needle would look really cool in like yeah. the post apocalypse. And I just love the Pacific Northwest so much. And even with new Vegas, maybe instead cause it's new Vegas to Nevada, right? I think in new Vegas, you, you, I mean, you dip into California a bit, right? In new Vegas, I'm pretty sure. If memory serves me, or at least the no. dam or something. There's yeah, I mean there's the Hoover Dam, um, and there's the NCR, which is like the New California Republic, which I think, I think the map is you know different. Maybe it could dip into like Arizona or maybe into Colorado. That could change it up where you're like in the same yeah. s- centralized area. You do dip into Vegas, but maybe go different direction. Who knows? We'll see. God, I hope we see it in. Yeah, Obsidian is Xbox's Insomniac Games. I can right. compare those two perfectly because you know they're so identical in what they're able to do my second one at least two remakes or remasters are revealed okay uh so it's kind of vague but i added a second part to this and it is you know two years ago dom big philly style came out and like you know we know gamers love kingdom hearts we're bringing kingdom hearts to xbox last year i may be getting these years mixed up another year man Everyone loves those Yakuza games. We're bringing the Yakuza series over to Xbox. There is one Japanese franchise Xbox gamers have been clamoring for. Recently, Nintendo gamers have been clamoring for too. And that's Persona. And I think Persona 5 gets revealed, or at least some Persona game in the franchise comes to Xbox. May not be Persona 5, but... I was going to be more vague and be like Atlas partners with Xbox, but I'm going to go more specific and say Persona comes to Xbox and also the two remakes remasters, kind of bundling those in. But I think the remake remaster is so vague and kind of cheap that, you know, especially if that Gears of War thing is true, like that's one, you know, in the bucket. So mm-hmm. uh, that's my second one. <sighs> I like that too. Now I have, Now I have a tough choice. And you know what? I'm gonna go. Can I give me a vague idea of what they are? Like maybe the game, or the idea, so I know which one would be best vibe with my last one, so we're not stepping on each other's toes. 
One, uh, I actually have three, but I'm gonna one I think is lame. I don't care about. Okay. Um, one is uh, another sequel to a. Bethesda That's all I need to know. Franchise. That's all I need to know. That's because okay. I, I want to get it revealed when you say it. What's the other one? <laughs> the other is a a new game. Of, you know, from a partner publishing. Studio. I'm gonna go with that. I'm just gonna say it. Um, at Xbox's conference, we're gonna see the Ubisoft Star Wars game. The yeah, I think it was Massive who who was making yeah. it. The Bounty um, Hunter game. Yeah. So, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say it's. It, you know what? I'm not gonna say it's a Mandalorian game. You know specifically, but it will be a non-Jedi um, Star Wars RPG made by you know, obviously Ubisoft, and we're gonna see it at Xbox. Their showcase. Like a, a good if you trailer. get to create your character and Wookie is not an option, I'm gonna be so mad. I'm Ooh. not gonna be able to live out my Black Kersantin uh, fantasy. How cool would that be to create a Wookie? Yeah, there's just so many like. Give me, let me make an alien. We've talked about this a hundred times. Let me make an alien in a Star Wars game already. God damn it! Yeah. And maybe that's where that indie game you talked about. Maybe that's the game where we get to play as an alien finally. Who knows? Um, <laughs> I do think. A Ubisoft game does appear... This is my prediction. I do think a Ubisoft game does appear at Xbox. It's just like, is it Avatar? Is it Star Wars? What is it? Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, what was your other one? It, it's not an official prediction, but I want to hear the sequel one. What was that? Wolfenstein 3. That's a good call. I was thinking about that, too. Uh, it's just like, do they show that first? Do they show the Indiana Jones game? Who knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, my last one. This is a, a one where I'm combining a bunch of stuff again, but it's uh, over the same thing. So, gameplay is going to be shown for the following games. And by the when I say gameplay, me and you will very clearly be able to say that's gameplay, right? We're going to be the judges of that. So, Avowed, Redfall, Starfield. I think those are all kind of gimmies, but I wanted to add two more onto that. Hellblade 2 and Forza, the new Forza game. Dang. I don't know if it's that outlandish. I do think like at least four of those probably, maybe three. My one worry is I don't know if we see both Redfall and Starfield. That's the one and where I'm worried. Yeah, I, to me, I thought about Redfall, but I think that kind of falls off the radar for a hot minute. Yeah. Um, they got enough other stuff to show, and I feel like that goes just goes dark. Um, comes back around in the fall or something, or you know, at a different show with a big blowout but i i wouldn't be surprised if if that kind of just is excluded from this entirely so while this is actually tough for you like we should see gameplay for all these theoretically but um that's a lot of games to <laughs> say gameplay specifically from so see, i think force is a given mm-hmm. starfield's a given and hellblade's a given i think those three are given those three the redfall and avowed are the ones i'm a little iffy on yeah um yeah, avowed yeah yeah. Uh I also was going to do one around Plague Tale Requiem. I was looking into it. I was going to say that that's going to have a featured gameplay demo, right? Like it's going to be an extended gameplay demo and then it's going to be announced for Xbox Game Pass. Turns out it's already announced for Xbox Game Pass. Did not know that. So that's oh, dope. There you go. I need to get around to the first one, a Plague Tale. What's the first one called? Plague Tale Innocence. No. Uh that sounds right. I was going to say perjury. I don't think it's perjury. It's, not, it's perjury. a word like that. Uh, yeah, so those are our predictions. Um, interested to see what happens. I'm excited. 
it's one of those things, Don, we've talked about where I'm. It's bummer. It's a bummer that we don't have E3 like as an actual thing. It's a bummer that we don't have like a Nintendo event announced or a PlayStation event after today's state of play. Hopefully, they happen in June, but it is what it is. The thing I'm excited about uh, that you brought up is that most anticipated. I, I want to see how different our lists are in July, the beginning yeah. of July, based on everything that happens here. And the funny thing is that list might not change because more games are announced that are coming out this year. It might change because some of the games we thought were coming out this year are getting are delayed. Not. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're running a little long, so we don't have a whole lot of time to talk about what we've been playing. So I'm going to be extra super brief. I've been playing a lot of MLB The Show. Surprising to me. I'm not. Baseball is probably like my third favorite sport, but I'm loving that game. It's so good. It's the best sports simulation on the market. It blows NBA 2K and Madden out of the water. It's not even close. And uh, I beat Elden Ring. Hooray. Um, right. So here's the plan moving forward. I haven't even told you this, Dom. I think next week, because we're going to be in that in-between time before all of the shows get kicked off, because I don't want to talk about all of the shows until the week after the Xbox thing happens. Um, I think next week I'm, we might end up doing the Elden Ring spoiler cast as the actual show, which I think would be cool. So I'm going to write that I'm out not. and get that outlined so we have that. Because um, we both finished it. I still have some bosses I want to go back and beat. I don't know if I'm going to go through and worry about getting the endings. Because, spoiler alert for me, I think this was probably my least favorite final boss of a From Software game. And I can't wait to get into it on the spoiler cast. But I did not Dang, like okay. the final boss in this game. Really? The second of the final boss. I think the 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 first phase of it I really enjoy in the Black mm, Room. Okay. I think the second phase is a bit of a bummer and a letdown, and I wasn't a fan of it. Kind of like a deflating a, a balloon, kind of. But we'll get into it in the, the spoiler cast. The big Pokemon? Uh, Yeah, the Dragon Tail character, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's but that's it for. Too, uh, I've been dabbling with Rogue Legacy 2 as well, and then there was another game I wanted to mention. Oh, I started up Floppy Nights because I heard that was really good. Uh, it's an indie game that came to Game Pass. It's turn-based, but you use cards to spawn characters. So it's like a, a card builder, or like a deck builder, plus a turn-based combat. And you're this this young girl who's into uh, men, uh, uh, Mensa, math engineering, all that stuff. And uh, you basically are creating these like robots and characters and stuff to do yard work, turn money and stuff. It's really cute. It's a blast. I'm having fun with it. So shout out to Game Pass. Interesting. Yeah, I'm excited to talk more about Elden Ring when we get to it next week. But, um, shoot. Oh, of course. So I finally got into Horizon Forbidden West. Um, very minimal so far, just a couple hours. Really awkward, kind of bummer of an intro for some reason. It just like bummer emotionally little... or bummer in terms of your enjoyment. Just in terms of my enjoyment, I was just kind of okay. like, it's very much like a direct direct sequel to the first okay. game. Like it takes off right after, and it just feels a bit like awkward i don't know it's not a great opening um whereas the first game right it's you know it's it does like a typical thing you started as a kid and then like you learn some stuff and like it, and it makes sense it's a longer opening but it kind of feels right well this kind of felt like awkward as far as like okay we're we're this is still here and we're still doing this a cool twist gets revealed and stuff is that sets up the whole premise of the second game but i don't know something about it just like wasn't super exciting and doesn't pull you in um that being said probably the best looking game that's existed ever so that pulls you in um so i have more to say about it 
you know, in, in coming weeks. But uh, I'm super excited to get, you know, to get into that a bit more, even though I like started out kind of like a, hmm, all right, I guess. Um, but also, I did want to mention, I started just today uh, messing around with Diablo Immortal, the mobile game. Kind of cool. Kind of really cool. Don't know how long that's going to last. I have a feeling it's free to play, and I might, uh, you know, might bounce out of that really quick as soon as they start to ask me to buy some loot boxes or something. But the gameplay, the way it works in the controls, just on a touchscreen phone, works really well. I think it like that type of game really lends itself um, to that those kind of controls and even that kind of you know on the go platform. Um, and they they found a way to make the con- the controls actually you know work really seamlessly and it's kind of interesting i'm gonna see where it goes so i'm gonna keep messing around with that too i'm saving my real quick i'm saving my diablo interest for four i'm just i'm I'm waiting for Mm -hmm. when that comes out this game looks good it's reviewing pretty well people are enjoying it but i just am like i'm just gonna wait for four yeah it's definitely like a i mean it's on my phone and i'm just messing around with it kind of (laughs) yeah um no investment hardly at all so it's uh that sort of deal. We'll see. We'll see where we go with it. But that's been it. Been a light week. Uh, I I interrupted you at the end. There wasn't anything else you wanted to add. I thought you were going to say something else. No, no, that's it. It's been uh mostly just been watching. I've been really wrapped into Obi Wan, and I've been watching Moon Knight too. But I got to get back to it. I'm only like still three so episodes in. It's crazy right now because we had Obi Wan come out, which I'm only one episode in. I need. I'm ca- trying to catch up on two and three. Uh, Stranger Things came out, and then The mm-hmm. Boys comes out tomorrow. The new season of the boys. So it's crazy. And then I think in a couple of days, Miss Marvel also starts. So it's a a lot of stuff going on. Um, The one thing I wanted to say real quick, I want to get our official stance on this argument. Batch release or weekly release is better. In my opinion, weekly release is better. And I'll, I'll give my explanation in the age of the internet and internet culture binge releasing is terrible for everyone who doesn't have a bunch of free time because everyone starts talking about all the episodes and you don't have a chance to catch up and you can be like, well, you can avoid spoilers in that, which sure. But two, I think for the longevity of something, I think it also hurts whatever is released because it's a flash in the pen and you don't have that week to week conversation where you're talking to your friends about what's going on what's going to happen that it makes it even harder because one of your friends could have binged the entire seven episodes. One of them could be four episodes in you're only one episode in and it makes those discussions tougher. Whereas with a weekly release, everyone's on the same page for the most part. Obviously there's people, some people lagging behind, but most people are on the same page and it feels like a, a more complete conversation. I'm a hundred percent behind weekly releases. I'm not a binge binge drop person. And and that gets amplified when you're in a situation like you just mentioned where Stranger Things all comes out and then the boys a whole season comes out and then we got Disney Plus shows dropping, you know, one or two episodes a week. So like once things all converge, it makes it even harder to stay up to date. Um I do think like if you're telling me it's one specific show and, and I have the ability to watch it all all at once, then I'm going to say I want to binge it all at once every single time, right? It's something I really enjoy. I hate waiting every week, right? Granted, that also helps build the suspense and get you excited for it. So it kind of is a catch-22. Um, but from the streaming company's perspectives, I imagine like week-to-week has got to be like smarter because like 
keeps it going and keeps people subscribed for longer, right? That's where you can really easily see the Dis- Disney strategy of like they're plotting out their shows and spreading them out throughout the year to try to keep someone subscribed. One leads into the other, leads into the other. Exactly. Yeah. Very strategic. That seems intentional. I do. I think. I think there's a good middle ground to be drawn, and HBO has been doing it a lot, where they'll um, drop a show, uh, the first three episodes all at once, and then two more episodes the following week, and then two more episodes, and then it's done. I I think it was like, they've been doing that with a lot of their limited series, and I think they did something similar with the Flight Attendant show that we just watched. Um, I kind of like that format, because it gives you the satisfaction of a couple episodes at a time. Because uh, sometimes those cliffhangers just like really fucking grind at you. I, but uh, yeah, I think I, I think I like the middle ground is something to be thought about too in that. Yeah, I, I'm a little biased because I don't like binge watching stuff in general. Like I can't watch the same. Like I can't watch like two or three episodes of something in a row. I'm just weird like that. I know that's a personal thing. And also the difference too, I think, between having a significant other and not changes your habits as well because. I think yeah. if you have a significant other, you tend to be more in favor of binge watching because you want to experience something together the times you are together. You know what I mean? As opposed to if you don't have a significant other, it's like, I'm just going to watch whatever the hell, whatever I want to. You know what I mean? That's a little bit different. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm in favor of weekly releases over binge. If it's that just the clear this versus that, because it's tough, man. It's tough. Uh, that's it for this week's show. Thank you guys for listening. If you can, please head on over to YouTube, search controlled interest will pop right up. Subscribe. So you never miss the podcast likes. You never, uh, yes, you can, you can dislike it if you want. (laughs) So you never dislike it. Um, leave us a comment. Let us know what you're most excited for possibly being revealed at summer game fest on Twitter. You can find us collectively at CTRL INT. It's controlled interest abbreviated. You can follow Dom at OB Dom Kenobi. Uh, but the O and OB is the number zero, not the letter O. I'm at Jared Weich, J-E-R-R-A-D-W-Y-C-H-E. And uh, over on Spotify, you can listen to us there or any other podcast service you enjoyed listening to us. Leave us a review if you listen on Spotify. Definitely helps us move up in the algorithm. Other than that, we'll catch you guys next week with possibly the Elden Ring spoiler cast or something else, maybe news, maybe something else. We'll see. Catch you guys then. Bye.